Hello and welcome to the Raising Athletes podcast. It has been a minute since Susie and I got on the podcast together. So I am so excited today. We are entering year four of doing this Amazing. Podcast. Amazing. Keep showing up is the answer, right? Like it doesn't always happen overnight, but we're trying to keep that momentum going. So today we're going to talk about um, about how snowplow parenting has risen all the way to the top level. But before we jump into that, welcome. So excited to see you again. So happy to be here and so happy to be working with you. It's been a few hot minutes, days, months. So here it is. I'm Susie Walton and I'm the founder of Indigo Village, the mom of four sons, um, now the grandma of nine kids, all 12 and under, all pretty, all playing sports. And uh, I was an athlete myself. I still consider myself an athlete and I'm just so happy to be here. Yay. And I'm Kirsten Jones, a peak performance and sports parenting coach. And we love helping people figure out what's holding them back and releasing those limits. And so that's what we're here for is to help you parents as you're figuring out raising these kids and each one is different and each journey is different. So speaking of that, um, my book is going to be coming out in August. I'm so excited, which is all called Raising Empowered Athletes, right? Raising kids who feel empowered to, to take action on their own. And that's what we want to talk about today, that we see it happening at the, you know, you probably see it happening where your grandkids are playing. I'm seeing it happen at the high school and the college level where parents aren't leaning back enough. They're not allowing the process to go. And just recently in the news, which everybody's talking about is what hap what's happened at the pro soccer level. You want to give a recap of what, what that was about? Yeah. Um, basically it's about a, a mom that wasn't happy with what the son, what the coach had said to her son, and the thing is, he said it publicly, like in the front of the media. And she felt like it was a little on, out of context and not a very kind way of handling a situation that was perhaps between the coach and the player putting it out there. So her response was to bring out into the public something that this man had done back in college that was not very productive or a good thing. And so it got the whole thing is really messy right now. And and actually, I think the mom did apologize, saying I, I probably, well, probably wasn't in the best interest for me to put that all out in the public. But she was so hurt by what how the coach had handled her son. So, and which we all get, especially us moms, like don't mess with our kids, right? Everything else you can do, but don't mess with our kids. And though, this is professional level of soccer <laughs> too. But again, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, professional, you know, college, high school kids sports where is the fine line between you know that runs between saying too much not saying anything at all allowing things to happen that are not okay or thinking that everything that happens that is a little bit of a rough patch for our, our kid that we need to jump in and fix it because that in itself is a very unhealthy habit to get ourselves into so what advice do you have for parents around that? What do you what do you recommend when you work with parents when you feel like they're too controlling, too in the middle of things? Yeah, I, I tell them they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> well, I tell them they are. I mean, I'm one of 10 kids and I was an athlete my whole life. And, you know, I don't think my parents, you know, they barely went to a game when you have 10 kids. You know, my dad showed up. It would be like amazing. But 
I'm not saying that we don't show up, but it's like you're we all have our own journeys, right? And your child, student athlete, rec player, whatever he or she is, they're on their journey. And there's gonna be bumps in the road. So what's your you're you know, you're not supposed to be like think about when your kids learn to walk. Like, you know, how many times did they fall? And what did we do? We helped them back up. We said, you can do this. We held onto their hands for a few steps and we let go so that they could learn how to do this on their own. We didn't say, oh my God, I'm going to hold you for the rest of your life until you get this because I don't want you to skin your knee as you're learning to walk or learning to ride a bike. We let go. We let go. We're back. We support them. It's the same thing in the life of a student, an athlete. Is like when they fall, you can be there to help them back up. But then you need to let go. You work with them. You strategize with them. What do you need to do differently next time the coach doesn't put you in that game? How can you handle that situation? What might you say to this, you know, the coach? And it's, it's about strategizing and then throwing them out into the playing field and say, okay, let's see how it goes. And if it goes great, oh, great. And if not, back to, you know, back to the basics, back to the strategizing. Come up with something different. You know, it's, it's, I, I had that. And even back in one of my sons in college played and, um, oh, they all played, but this one, you know, it was a new coach. When he went to that school, he was expecting a different coach. I had been there. And so it was just, it was pretty shaky. <laughs> and, you know, there'd be times he'd call me late at night and I'm like, oh no, I know what this is all about. And, you know, he'd be like, you know, the coach is like, he blames me and blah, blah, blah. And he's just, he's so upset. Well, I didn't like, well, I'll call the coach tomorrow and <laughs> check with them because it's not being very nice. I'd actually say, quit. Don't play. It's not worth it. You know, it's just stick with your studies. He goes, I can't quit. I love this game too much. I'm like, okay, then go take a shower and cry. Just cry in the shower and, and then go to bed and look at it tomorrow. And that's what he would do. And, and the next day he'd be fine again. Like, but that he just needed me to help him back up, so to speak but not to keep holding on to him and fixing the situation for him. I literally just had that situation two weeks ago. My son's been, he's a junior now, but with COVID juniors are kind of like sophomores. So you have a bunch of people ahead of you. You're still struggling to get playing time. It's still a battle. And he's been working really hard. He said, I have a great attitude, but he goes, I feel like it's groundhog day. I get it. It's a great attitude. I work hard. I show up at practice. I'm excited about the game. I'm excited. I'm being told I'm going to go in a lot. And he goes, one game I even started, he goes, the one game I started, I played the least amount. So he goes, I'm so frustrated. I don't know how am I the idiot if I keep showing up and doing this. And my advice to him was, have you written it down? And he said, no, why? And I said, because sometimes we just need to get it out, like calling you and saying, mom, this sucks, right? Like we just need to get it out and get it onto the page. And it doesn't have to be pretty, but releasing it as a way to say, I'm moving through this. And then once you get past the, the yuck, then write down what it is you want. So five days later, he's got a ne the next game. He said, he told us after the game, that he, he's had one of his best games ever, right? And he didn't play the whole time, but he played three times the amount that he played the game before. And he said, I was warming up and all my teammates are like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm just trying something different. He's like, I just decided I was just going to be a you know, I'm going to take a, an aggressive approach. I'm going to try something different because what clearly what I was doing wasn't working. Right. So he said, even the coach pulled me aside after the game. He's like, I like what I'm seeing. So 
what is it that, you know, that they can tap into to allow them to pivot with us to help, but not to fix, right? Right. And that part that you were saying about him writing it down or my son calling me and just talking it out, those like that in itself is so important parents because the thing is when we, because we don't want our kids and we don't want ourselves to repress our feelings about what we have at the coach or the situation. And because if we repress them, they just sit there and bubble inside and they come out at some point, just like a big, like burst of a bubble to, you know, and so you want to talk or journal about whatever the situation is to let go because then the feeling can dissipate and then you can move on into the problem solving because no problems can be handled in the minute of that most when the emotional part of our brain is on fire. There's just nothing, there's nothing logical going on. So that's so important. Like what you had him do is writing or, or having kids talk about it. But as a parent, the writing is actually better because then the parent doesn't see it. But as a parent, if your child's actually trusting you to tell you stuff that's going on in his life or her life, you need to be present, but stay detached. You know, it doesn't mean not caring about that child, but it's about listening because feelings and problems have owners. I'm going to repeat that feelings and problem feelings and feelings have owners, right? And problems have owners. If you take on someone else's feeling or problem, then you're weakening that person and you're overburdening yourself. I like that. That's Whatever true. problem arises, ask yourself this simple question. Whose problem is it? Your kid's not playing. Your kid didn't start. Your kid played one second. Your kid, you know, whatever he's benched. Whose problem is that? But can I play devil's advocate? Because I this is what I get to that. Or well, it is my problem because he's now going to be upset. And if he's upset, then I'm upset. Yes. And then you want to take a break <laughs> to find out what is it that's upsetting you. Because when we get so fired up about a situation out here in the world and it, it's affecting us, there is a lot of our that's when our own issues are showing up. And it's important to sit back get out of the conversation room for a minute and just get quiet. Like, why is that bothering me so much that he didn't get his playing time or she wasn't a starter and she's been working so hard and you, you know, you peel the onion and you, if this is called um, self-reliance, emotional self-reliance, where you're actually looking and, and being okay, going on that journey at curiosity, what is it, you know, and maybe there was a time in your life where you, you were giving it all and the teacher or your parents said, that's not enough. You, 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 you can do better, like whatever it is, because then you can tap into that. That helps you allow, allow some of those hot feelings you're having just kind of go dissipate away, move away. Then you can go back and actually be present to your child's situation. Because the thing is, and you know, if you let your, if your, your job as a parent is to guide your, your child to a solution, not you go and fix the solution. All right. You can give them words. Now, some pe people will say, well, the coaches won't listen to me. You know, mom or dad, would you go talk to them? And I would say, do your best not to. I've had so many coaches. I'm sure you have too, Kirsten. It's like they say, if the we want to hear from the student, the athlete, not the parent. Yeah. And you can see 48 you hours later. So right. give it some minutes so that you can reset. Because no, neither a party coming to the table all hot and bothered is going to be productive, right? Yep. So if after 48 hours, your child is still upset, 
that's a great, th and even if they're not upset, but they're just confused, like, why am I not getting playing time? And sure enough, he texted me yesterday, hey, coach, you know, pulled me aside and said, keep doing what you're doing. Like, that's sometimes all you need is, yeah. okay, he sees me, and I know I need to keep working hard, right? Yeah. And I love what you were saying. I think sometimes, too, we confuse empathy and sympathy, mm -hmm. and we get so involved in being sympathetic, and we want them to know that we feel the pain that they feel, whereas empathy is about seeing them and allowing them to, like you just said, to own it versus right. us taking it on and saying, I'm going to fix it. So sympathy creates a disconnection with that other person. Empathy creates connection. Mm. When you're empathizing with your child, your athlete, they feel heard. They feel validated. They feel acknowledged, even if you're not even agreeing. Um, but when we're feeling sorry for them, oh my gosh, don't worry, because I'm going to call the coach right now. Like, don't worry, I'll take care of this. this. Is not okay. We spent too much money with all the camps and blah 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 blah, and he or she promised, you know. That you're teaching your first of all, you're blowing your kid out of the water that you're teaching your child that they can't handle their own situations. They're always going to need someone to take care. It's a very codependent way of living life and it's not healthy. It's, there's no strengthening of character for the child. And they'll either stop coming to tell you stuff because of how we re react or they're going to keep, you know, depending on you as a parent to fix things for them. And you don't want to have to do that. You don't want to have to go when they get married or, you know, live somewhere in the city to work. You don't want to have to move in there to, to with them so that you keep fixing them. Your kids don't need to be fixed. Your kids are not broken. They're on a life journey. And boy, I'm telling you, sports can bring out all sorts of growth, not just in scoring points, but just life in general. I love that. And you just modeled, you know, informally, what not to say could you model what to say if i call i'm the child and i call home and say mom this is awful and the coach isn't playing me and he sucks and i'm ready to quit yeah i would say you know what I, I, everything you're hearing i'm hearing it's you know i can see why you would feel that way well it's uh -huh. not fair and i've been working really hard and i'm tired of this right i bet you are i bet you are that's so good <laughs> Right. I expect you to fill the void. Right. And that's the, that's the key. Don't fill it. Don't yep. let, don't don't jump in and rescue, rescue, rescue. Right. Now, if he or she says, well, mom, what can I what should I do? Then you can give them your pearls of wisdom. Or if you're kind of at silence and you think, what do you what are you thinking right now? And the student might say the athlete might say, um, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. And then again, parents, you don't start giving them in the answers in that moment or that your thoughts. You say, well, would you like some ideas? Mm -hmm. Always ask before you give away advice. When we give away advice, it's, it's worth nothing. And the teen or the parent, the athlete will just say, oh, here she goes again. Here he goes again. But if you say, would you like some ideas? And they say yes. Now they're willing to listen. Mm -hmm. You always need to ask first. All ages. Because most humans are not looking for a fix or an answer. Most humans just want to be heard. Amen. Say yeah. that again. That's so true. Most of us only want, we're looking to be heard, not handled, not fixed. Like just to hear. And you might even say to your athlete, I don't even know what to tell you about that situation right now. You know, I don't. And though, thank you 
for sharing that with me because I can see this is such a big deal for you. So parents, it's okay not to have an answer. I think right now, and I, again, I have several friends whose kids have just gone off to college and different states of it being you know, a good fit and parents feeling between COVID, between isolation, between anxiety levels going through the roof and depression going through the roof. What I think the response to that reaction is, what if I didn't say enough and something bad happened? So it's a feeling of, I need to swoop in because these are unchartered waters, right? Yeah, I mean, that usually happens more with the firstborn than the third or fourth born. <laughs> <laughs> you know you got it handled. But for you firstborn parents, for their firstborns, like like there was times with my boys, I have four sons, right? So they were all teenagers at the, six, at the same time because they're six years apart. And there was times they would be going to a party or going somewhere. And I'm like, hey, guys, you know, um, I just, I feel like it's important that, you know, that you know about, you know, I don't know, A, a B and C. And they would always like, we got to handle and I'm like, I'm sure you do, 100%. I mean, I trust that. And though, as your mother, I still feel the need to share some information with you. So please appease me and listen to me, even though I, it sounds like you already know this stuff. And they're like, oh, fine. What is it you want to tell us? So in those moments, I felt like I still had to share, like, how why it's important not to drive after midnight or, you know, whatever it might be. And they would listen. So, but I would ask and I would like please appease me just listen to me because I feel like I needed I need to tell you this part just for my for my own benefits so mm-hmm. parents you can be that real with them because it's a normal developmental stage especially for those teenagers are to say to you mom I got a handle I got I already know this stuff you don't need to tell me and you're thinking do you really know this stuff or are you just saying that because that's what you're supposed to say as a teen right and that's where you say great and I'm still going to tell you please just appease me and listen you know, and if your kid halfway likes you, they'll say, go, for, okay, fine, go for it. So, yeah. yeah. And then later you get the report back that, oh, they actually did what you suggested. And, you know, so they are taking notes. And I think a lot of times too, we feel like we're butting heads, but in fact, they're, they're sponging. They they want, they want the advice and they're obviously coming to you because they trust you. So mm-hmm. they, they want to hear, but you're absolutely right in that it's asking for permission so that you're doing it in the way that you don't feel like you're shoving it down their throat or they don't feel that way. But- and I love the idea, like when you talk to them, use the word, you know, to use that word strategy, let's come up with a strategy if in the, on the playing field or when the coach doesn't call your name, like, what can, how can you take care of yourself in that moment? You're still sitting on the bench and saying to them, so give it a try. If it happens, give it a try and please come back and let me know how it goes. Mm-hmm. You know, to send them off like, Hey, let me know how it goes. If it goes, it goes the way you want it. Great. And if not, Hey, come on back. We'll go back to the drawing board and I can help you support you and figure out another strategy. Because and- parents, these are the tools that go so far. I know I say it all the time. It's so far beyond the playing field or the swimming pool or whatever. These are the tools that they will use when the professor doesn't acknowledge them, when the boss is mean to them, when the, the partner is not nice, right? Like these are the same tools that they'll employ throughout life to be, to be gritty and to be resilient and to realize this too shall pass, right? 100%. Like parents, this- there's so much opportunity for growth in these moments that seem so hard and those dark nights of the soul for your athlete. Every athlete has been through it. 
you know, and that's the only way that we can build our character is through these moments in time. So you really want to watch that, like keep thinking, whose problem is it? Oh my gosh, it's my son. He's in another bump on the road in his journey. Thank goodness he has me to help him through it, not fix him, but be there as he goes through it or she goes through it. I've mentioned this, this study before for you who've listened to our podcast in the past, but I'm going to share it again because I think it's so important that over a thousand teenagers were asked, who would you like to go to when you have a problem? And almost every teenager said, my parent. Then asked, who do you go to? And they said, pretty much, it, almost every teenager said, anybody but my parent. Then asked, why don't you go to your parent? And they said, because we do, we get yelled at, lectured, grounded, or our parents are so worried about it, they won't sleep for the next three months and they're trying to figure out how to fix it and make it all right for us. So why would we tell our parents? So they do want to come to you. So. For you that have kids that are coming to you and complaining, this is the perfect opportunity to do what we're just talking about is empathize, listen, but not fix. Give them ideas, but only if they ask for them or you say, would you like some ideas? And for you that have teens that aren't talking to you, that happens too. So just make sure they have some healthy adult, whether it's a coach, you know, or um, an auntie or an uncle or a teacher, someone that they can just put it out there for it or say to them, I would love for you to be able to tell me things. I feel like you're not telling me things because when you tell me things, I get all crazy. You know, and I either yell at you or want to fix it for you. And is that true? And they might say, yeah. Say, well, I want to do it differently. It's never too late. Mm -hmm. you know, but bottom line, every, everybody, every teen needs an, a healthy adult that they can share information and talk to. So whether it not be you, find someone out there for them. Such good advice. I was having a flashback while you are talking of dropping the kids off at daycare when I was working at Nike and, you know, they were like, like crying and screaming. And I remember somebody saying, it's not how you separate, it's how you come back together. Right. And it was always open arms and so excited to see you and tell you about their day. And, and similarly, you know, like it's, a, it's okay to watch them struggle a little bit. And I think that's hard for parents to be okay with them not being okay every minute. We we want to fix, we want to solve, we want to make sure they're always happy. Well, that that's not how they're going to learn. And that's not how they're going to figure out what their journey is about. Just yeah. as we had to do it, right? We also didn't have a, a straight path. So it, it's part of the human, you know, course. That emotional intelligence. We can't, we cannot develop our emotional intelligence unless we allow ourselves and our kids to go through the actual situation the emotion that they're in so when they're sad and hurt by something and you feel it you feel it and you just want to fix it again it's important you just stop for a minute and take go take a little sidestep and like what is it about this it's just making me like i'm like I'm so upset i'm so hurt i'm so sad and you'll see it's your own issues coming up and that's not you know that's not helpful for the kid. That's why you want to like be aware, just acknowledge it and then go back and talk to them about the situation but in a more detached way where the emotions in your, in your brain are simmered so that you can be there logically for your child. That's what they need. They need the logical parent, not the crazy parent. Well, that'd be a good book. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, there we go. Next book. Podcast. <laughs> are, who are you? Crazy or logical parent? Which one? Which one is you woke up this morning? <laughs> so good. All right. Well, amazing. We kind of got a little off topic, but it is all within that same wheelhouse of 
I believe if you're like a tree, the deeper your roots grow as a parent, the stronger the headwinds come, the less you respond to it. And that's what you being present and aware of who you are and what you are about, that allows you to let the wind, you know, and the sun and all the elements and the rain come down and be and, and dance in all of it and be appreciative of all of it. And knowing that even the bad stuff is the good stuff. It's the stuff that's going to help them grow. Absolutely. I mean, I'm just thinking one, one more thing. So I have feeling some parents are out there like, well, is there ever a right time to talk to a coach? So there could be. There could be a situation where you're very concerned about your child and you could make an appointment with the coach and let the coach know right off the bat, I'm not here for playing time. I'm not here. You know, I'm here because I, I have this concern about my son or daughter and I'm not sure how to handle it. So I'm just looking for you to see if you've noticed anything different out there on the court or the field or a practice or, and, or if you have any ideas on what, how I can support him or her through this situation. The coach is going to be totally cool with you then. They don't mind that business. They just don't want you complaining about the, why, why isn't he playing more? And, you know, da, 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 da. So, yes, there can be that time, but I want it to be not the norm. It's just in those moments that you really feel like you just, you need some extra support on how to help your kid go through that situation. That would be okay. Yes, agreed. Yeah, if there's your child's safety or, they're feeling bullied or there are things that are going on that aren't about, like you said, playing time or whatever, That then that's a separate issue. And again, the best way to handle that is away from any tournament or anything that's, you know, the middle of a week and, you know, ask them, can I have a meeting with you? Then of course they're open to that because they want to, it helps them too, to know, or if there's something going on at home, if your situation is changing, like that's important for them to be supportive um, I was working with an athlete last year and I knew the coach really well. And just to be, he's like, oh, that's really good information for me to be supportive of her as she's going through that. I didn't know that. And, you know, that also helps them be on point around um, saying and doing the right thing to support, you know, the little kids still, they're still trying to figure it out themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing too, that's showing up for me right now is like when, you know, the pressure our kids feel themselves if we, the parent are putting a lot of money into their sport program and, you know, with all the fees of any team, along with extra training and whatever might be. And, you know, I, I, I know I've, I've heard parents say, I've put too much money and time into this for you to be playing like that or coach's worst nightmare. You know, when you go, the parent goes to the coach, cause coaches have told me this, saying the same thing like you know the parents say listen I put in so much money for this kid and you're not starting him like this is not okay and you guys if you are feeling that and the pressure because it is expensive it is a lot of money and a lot of you are putting a lot of money out there that you you know probably could use somewhere else you need to have that conversation with your kid that you Shoot, you froze. 
every penny we put into it is because we want to not be, and we don't expect anything in return. How you play the game is how you play the game. And I don't know how many parents right now hearing that are like, I'm not okay with that. <laughs> if you're not okay with that, then you got to quit putting money into it because the kid knows what's going on. They yeah. feel that pressure that un it's not even until those moments when you're mad at them. I've paid, spent so much money on your training. Then this is what you're doing. You're eating all this crap. Or their like, money you know, mad at the coach. And so they yeah. just throw that in there. But then yes. the kid knows, okay, they're mad at me because they're spending money on me, not on the coach. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So no, just be fine. real careful. And if you are doing that and you just have that conversation with your kid, that you're putting the money you're putting in has nothing to do with how you, you know, you want him or her to be how they are, right? Out in the world and in that, I mean, that's their, that's what they're doing. And they you gotta get that feeling of pressure off of them that they have to perform a certain way because of how much money you're putting into it. Stop putting it in, put him on a rec league, let him be a star in the rec team. Exactly. Amen. Well, yeah. as always, Susie, I love connecting with you and parents. We love connecting with you and we would love to, I'm going to give you my cell phone number. We would love to hear any, any questions you have, because we're trying to answer this, what this is for is to answer press questions as they arise. So 503-319-2209, feel free to text me probably better than calling or you can call me. Um, but let us know what's going on with you. What are the updates you have? What are the wins you've had? You know, even we love talking about that. We would love to feature, you know, a couple of questions at the end of the, you know, every, every couple of months we can we can do little um, updates on how things are going. And and us learning from each other is what this is all about, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm in the trenches with you. I've got the same things going on. Susie's been there. I mean, she was there all the way at the top level. She had a you know, Luke played pro basketball. So she was that mom that was on the sidelines watching. I don't think Luke started every single game at, for the Lakers, did he? No. <laughs> <laughs> right? And that's like He didn't even start every game at University of Arizona. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? So parents, you just, you know, and now I'm with it with all my grandkids going to all their games. Like someone's like, is that less intense than your own kids when they were playing? I'm like, no. No, then it less intense even with grandkids. Like, no, not. still have a heart, and you still want them to feel good about what happened and be excited and motivated and work hard. Yeah. But then but you want to hear at the end of the day, like my my ten my uh, ten year old grandson, he's playing pretty some top level basketball, and they they lost, I think, in the finals last week, and he was, you know, he, he used to cry hard every time they lost, and you know, this time, you know. I'm like, hey, how are you feeling? He goes, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sad we lost, um, but you know, it, it, but for me personally, you know, I had you know this many points and this many rebounds. I had a, like a double double, and I feel good about that. Um, so he was able to differentiate. Like, yes, it was hard and sad to lose, and though my, I did well. My, I did well for me. It's my personal part of this whole journey, and it's you know, it's good for a ten year old to be able to start pinpointing like that's going to happen. You're not going to win every game or, you know, play every minute of every game or start every game. And though that's that, and that's important. And so is how your own process is going, your own journey and, you know, acknowledging both sides of it. Amen. All right, parents, if you like this podcast, the Raising Athletes podcast, we'd appreciate if you would share it 
tweet about it, talk about it. Um, and we look forward to hopefully meeting in person soon. Who knows, you may see Susie and I on a stage together in 2023. That's our goal. <laughs> <laughs> Have a wonderful day. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Yes, please send us comments and thoughts about this one. This is a good podcast with a lot, of, probably a lot of different people's opinions and thoughts on how we're talking. Yes, give it Love to you. all of them. That's right. Yeah. All right. Until next time, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs>